she looks down and there's loads of sharks underneath her. And I mean, what, I mean, what would you do in that situation? <laughs> With sharks in the water, if there's, they blood. can smell the blood. Yeah. Like it's, it's just like, we're in a, we're in a dodgy it's situation. Well, could you imagine not having water or food for one day? And they've, and they I think that was the fourth day they've had no food or water. And um, I, I, I'm not going to be ashamed to admit it, but I did, I, I welled up um, at the end because he didn't just save his own life. He, he saved his, yeah. his wife's and his baby's life. I, that's, that's like when it got me, because I thought like, they're a young family, they've got a newborn baby, they're stranded and potentially they might not have their baby anymore and that, that, yeah. that kind of like really hit me. You really need to value the people that are closest to you and do all you can to first of all show them that, that you value them and, and respect them but do show them that you would do anything for them as well. We'll start. Oh, I would like to... What have you done? You fucked it already. I'd just like to do that, basically. Right. Here we go. How are we, Sam? Very good, mate. Very good. How, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, excited to, to talk about this, actually. Yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's a topic that you've actually told me to research today. Yeah, no, so. I mean, I, I mean, so what we're going to talk about today is a TV show. Uh, it's a series on Amazon Prime now, which I've found. It's called I Shouldn't Be Alive. Mm. And it's actually very similar to the concept of, have you ever seen Banged Up Abroad? No, it. it's, it's so interesting. I mean, the problem with me is that I'm so drawn in to something that's advertised as a, mm. as a true story. So, um, yeah, so uh, the this programme, I Shouldn't Be Alive, I've only watched the first two episodes, yeah, but I can tell you the format is just amazing because, as as you know, they uh, they will interview the, the, real, the people the that actually people it. experienced it and they do in a really high production... Um, sort of reenactment of it with mm. great actors and and the scenery and everything. I just can't fault it. Well, I just want to clarify as well. The title sounds a bit messed up. Yeah, it seems a bit. But dreary. it's actually, I'd say, towards the end of it, you realise it's actually quite a good, quite a nice story for yeah. the majority. Well, the ones it, that we've seen. Anyway. You know what it is as well. It sort of puts you back into a state of reality where actually things can go wrong yeah. very quickly, very quickly. So you have to be like I, 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 from that's the message I take away from that show that actually, um, you know, something so dangerous can mm. happen so quickly. I think I think it also obviously we'll go into a bit more detail the ones that we've seen. I think it also actually, you know, shows shows you how much um, humans can actually take in terms of like when they're going through struggle, when they're going through different difficult times. Um, like I won't go into too much detail now because we're going to talk about the episodes, but. Like how what what the human body can can handle, I think it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just I just briefly also wanted to mention banged up abroad. It is literally the same concept. They mm. have the real life people interviewed and also the reenactment. Could be another. Pod. It, it's a bit yeah, possibly another podcast if people like this one. Uh, we um, so I've watched bang I've watched basically every banged up abroad, mm -hmm. um, and what that essentially is is that someone. Uh, commits a crime in a foreign country they're British mm -hmm. or of course whatever of course British are, or American right? and they get oh, they get in this really bad situation you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of the Thailand story for okay. me yeah, yeah, yeah. because technically I feel like 
that scenario could have easily went to a, a, down a road of being arrested or but getting involved with. I think you if know, you would have acted the way that you said you wanted to act, yeah. then possibly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, would you like to talk about the first? episode? I can talk about the first yes. episode. Okay. So the first episode, um, there's these people. Be, be honest, because I want you to talk about the beginning. How you felt about the beginning of that episode. From, what do you mean? From what point? You said it was quite boring, didn't you? I, I said it was quite boring because yeah. the title in itself, I shouldn't be alive. Obviously, I know these sorts of things, they do take time to get into. You know, I understand there's, there's a, uh, a waiting period to kind of get into the story, but I think it was very elongated. Yeah, so basically the, the first episode, I think it takes about five minutes. They're basically just introducing you to all the characters yeah. on this Yacht. Oh, yeah. they're, they're, on, they're on a yacht and um, they're in, I can't remember the exact location, they're, at, they're in America. And, they're just above New York. And I think they said they're going to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, so they're going from north to south. Yeah, so it's... On it's, the coast of America. Yeah, so it's, it's a very long journey and they've got um, this, the the main lady, I'd say, involved. Um, she's, she's the one who's kind of narrating it as such and telling us... Um, about her experience and talking through everyone in the crew. So she said there, there was herself. She um, sailed around the world. Um, she was quite a, an avid sailor. She had there was another guy who, again, was an avid sailor. The captain was a pisshead. Like that's the only way to put it. And then he brought his missus along who hated sailing. Um, and then there was another guy, an English guy. So obviously, brand of mine, they're all, they're all Americans. There was an English guy who was a bit very cocky, very like Philip himself. And I think he thought he was the best of the bunch. And probably, apart from the one who didn't like sailing, probably was mm. the worst. And so they, they, they set off and they're, you know, it, it seems to be, it's really nice to talk about how, how peaceful it is and <clears throat> how nice of a journey it is, how, you know, how amazing the view is and everything like that. And all of a sudden there's a massive storm. There, everyone apart from the English guy is below deck and he's... He's he's, he's in control of the boat. Yeah, he's controlling the boat. Enjoying the waves. Exactly. Like he's off his head. He's off his head. And obviously, if you think you think about that, that person's apart from obviously a massive storm, he is in control of what happens to you, like the direction or attempting the direction that you're going in. Um, Then the I think it's the girlfriend of the captain comes up on 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 uh, on deck, and she falls over. So she's injured straight away. Ultimately, the yacht capsizes, and they've got. I think they. I think they kept them calling it like a zodiac. It was like a rubber dinghy. Yes. Yeah. Essentially, a tiny, tiny yeah, boat. Really and it didn't small. even have a, a back to it. No, it so it's like a sort of semicircle rubber dinghy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was like it was really weird. Very basic. And yeah. I mean, bear in mind, I think they said this happened in 1982. So I don't know the difference between. Oh, I didn't know the year. Yeah. Did so they say 82? yeah, 1982. Wow. So I mean, I don't know the difference between the equipment they'd have now in comparison yeah, to then. Yeah, yeah. But I'd imagine there's probably more, a, a lot more that they could have done now perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, so ultimately the, the boat capsizes, they're in the water and they decide that they're not going to get in the dinghy. They're going to stay stay around it and support themselves that way. Then the, the main sailor, like the, the main lady who's narrating it, looks in the water, or she's got the English guy next to her and he's like, and uh, he's saying, oh, stop kicking me. Stop touching me. And I'm thinking, it's a bit weird. Like, why are you trying to touch her up in the water? She looks down and there's loads of sharks underneath her. 
And I mean, what I mean, what would you do in that could situation? You, could you imagine? I mean, I know she's a sailor, so she might be used to seeing a shark, but obviously not in the same water. Yeah, but she said there was shark. hundreds. And uh, yeah, she said there was at least ten to twenty sharks as she looked in the water. And I can imagine at that point being in such a vulnerable position. I mean, a lot of people would. I'm sure from that shock value would have just given up there and then. It would have just been too well, much. I mean, surely. Realistically, like, I mean, I've never, you know, as as you're well aware, I've never been in a shark attack, mate. So you no. know, I uh, I don't, I would I, I wouldn't know what to do in that situation. And the fact that she was so so calm in a sense, she's like, they're shark, like they're sharks. We need yeah. to sort this right out. And um, I think ultimately, I think they flipped it over and tried to get in it, and then they were too. Oh yeah, so they flipped over, flipped over the dinghy, and the captain's girlfriend had a like massive like gash in her leg. From yeah, it was from so when she was uh, trying to escape the yacht, I, I think there was some like metal wire caught that, on like, her leg, basically gouged her leg to the bone or something. Yeah, really so bad. so she was in a vulnerable <coughs> vulnerable state anyway, and you've got to think with sharks in the water if there's. They blood. can smell the blood. Yeah. Like it's it's just like we're in a we're in a dodgy it's situation horrific. here. And you've got to think as well, obviously, they're in the middle of the ocean. I think it was the Atlantic Ocean. They're in the mid in the middle of the ocean. You've got the risk of diseases, you've got the risk of getting hypothermia. Having an open wound is not gonna help that. Um so ultimately I think they you know, the shots kind of settle and after I think one or two days without any food or water they start to, you know, diseases start to spread between them. The uh, the captain is going a little bit delirious, and he says, "There's an island." So he's, you know, he. I'm trying. I can't remember what the uh, what the word is, but they're like they can. It's. I think it's a mirage. Yeah, you yeah, can see yeah, a mirage yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna." Just gonna get in the car. Well, I when I was watching that part of the episode, I thought, could you imagine not having water or food for one day and they've and they I think that was the fourth day they've had no food or water but I sort of saying at the beginning like it, it's amazing like I couldn't I couldn't think of not eating drinking doing anything and just sitting in one spot for in the middle of like, the ocean in the middle of the ocean yeah. like you're, and it's freezing cold you're not gonna be like well this is okay like yeah. you're, you're like you're gonna struggle and they, they did that <clears throat> ultimately I think it was I think it was six days with no food no water and it's like it's, it's mental, and that's, that's what I was saying. Like the, the the body can obviously take on so much, and you know it's strong enough to to survive those sorts of situations. But I think it's ultimately the survival instinct that you have. The two main people um, who they interviewed, or who were in the um, who were like narrator narrating the whole show, they said that they kind of let everyone else get on with what they wanted to do because they were a little bit delirious. Whereas they were kind of seasoned sailors and they knew what they were doing. Mm. But ultimately, the captain was like, there's there's land. And bear in mind, they're, they're still in like shark infested waters. He he just jump, jumps off the dinghy. And straight away, you, I mean, you know, he's not. First of all, there is no land. And he's not surviving at all. So he's... He's gone. He's been eaten by the sharks within about, uh, must have been seconds, if I'm honest. And then, oh no, before that, him and the English guy drank loads of 
salt water. Yeah, they drank. Yeah, so I think I think this is where basically the insanity. I mean, the, the, you genuinely gain, genuinely gain insanity from not having being deprived of food <laughs> and water, and um, they just they they just went past that barrier of, of having any sanity and started drinking loads of seawater, and you, you know that drinking loads of seawater can kill you. you. Yes. Can kill you whether or not you've had water or uh, food. And gone. No, I was just going to say it's it is just another example of what pe- people's bodies go through in mm-hmm. that sort of state you know because you're you're not just trying to survive from having no food or water you're just trying to survive in that environment that is yeah and can you imagine in a way it is a bit messed up that you're so thirsty but you're surrounded by water it's it, messed it up, is a bit it? crazy but i think obviously i know that the insanity kind of set in but you should know like especially as a sailor the captain of a ship or whatever you should know he's as we're yeah, talking about also as a little sip. I'm gonna have a nice sip of water. <laughs> um, like you should know that this is this is not the best situation, and you know, I mean, they okay, they they were about food and water for four or five days at that point, but ultimately he, I mean, he did kill himself because he jumped into bloody yeah, shark but without yeah, but without sort of doing it on purpose, he he sort of jumps in that water thinking that that's that and. Um, he's he's going to go to the island but anyway to, to wrap up this episode uh, of episode one uh, the so both of the uh, guys die and one of the girls dies leaving one the, the head sailor and the other captain and, and, right yeah so um, they're you know they're they're very determined to mm-hmm. make it through and sort of um, you know what 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 I found very interesting, the program kept showing you where the where the uh, where the dinghy was, yeah, and it was actually going into deeper, going further out into the ocean. So they were not going anywhere near. Well, yeah, land they, they were quite all. literally going in the opposite direction. Yeah, and you know, with the exhaustion of first of all doing nothing, having no um, nothing going in your body, they just there was nothing left of them really. And before they got ultimately they, they got rescued the um the guy actually fell into the water and the woman couldn't help him like they were quite close yeah, and yeah. the woman couldn't help him because she was so weak and she just sat there crying, crying her eyes out yeah. and she was like i'm so sorry i'm gonna make it up to you and um i mean ultimately then they, they were they were saved but i think that just shows like the survival inst- the survival instinct of someone who had you know done so much um to you know warn everyone of the sharks and she was so kind of calm the whole way through even though there was diseases spreading and people were dying well they were surrounded by death and um, essentially weren't they, they had, had a lot of people in that same dinghy who, who just gone finished but then she did also say that if she wasn't with the, this guy that, that was still there she, she didn't know what she could she would have done she may have lost her mind and yeah. jumped like you don't know because yeah. she couldn't actually stand the people that unfortunately lost their lives yeah it's um it's a bit mental though it's mental i mean the thing is i know this sounds like a bit too like maybe for some people it's it's a bit too much like it's a bit crazy but i, I what i take into considerable value of, of the story is that it's, it's a true story this mm. actually happened and and it goes to show the human spirit can push push through and it can sort of because uh, because it would have been so easy for them to 
to have just given up. Yeah, they all could have given up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they could have. Because it would have been been over quickly. Yeah, especially when they've got sharks basically stalking them for days. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at one point the sharks were actually nudging the the dinghy. But anyway, that was episode one. Uh, And then episode two... It's a bit different. It it really is different, and it pulled on my heartstrings right Mm -hmm. at the very end of the episode. I actually... I'm not ashamed to tell. I quite welled up at the end of this this one. Episode two. Um, So... um, Basically, it's uh, sort of like a naive young couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of them's 20, the other one's 21. They've just uh, recently had a baby. The baby, I think, was about four or five months old. Yeah, it's very young. And um, they, it was around the Christmas period. They had to drive from San Francisco to Idaho, I think it was. And that is basically an, an inland drive. Mm-hmm. It's quite a long journey. I think it was about 18-hour drive or something, something like that. So they were very determined <laughs> to get there. Um, to, to get there in time for the holidays, right? So um, they drive uh, from midday, I think, uh, and then they drive into the evening, and then there's a really bad sort of snowstorm. Even all the radio stations and TV, all the media were saying, do not drive mm-hmm. in this. But, you know, as I say, they're naive, and they were very determined to, to get there. And um, it cost them because they got in a really bad storm, and the uh, male driver... Uh, he he basically was driving in the dark and started driving off-road but didn't know he was driving off-road yeah. for hours and hours and hours until the truck basically sunk in snow and he's like going, oh, um, well, what we'll do, we just stand outside and wait for someone to help us on the road. So by the morning, they wait they, they wait till it's morning, so they, they sleep in the truck. By the morning, when they get out, they realise they're just literally in the middle of, of nowhere. nowhere. There's no road. There's nothing. It's just mountains of snow. Mm-hmm. And um, to cut a very long story short, uh, after four days of being in the truck, after listening to the radio, they realise no one is looking for them. No one's reported a missing person. And um, they had barely any food. I think they had half a packet of crisps and like half a cake. Like the, the crumbs of it, basically. Yeah. So they venture out of the truck to save, basically, their lives. Uh, they write, basically, a will. Yeah, that, that, that was that really was sad. That messed up to think. Like, as, as I say, they're so young and they're talking about their will. And, their, and they've got such, and a, they, such a young baby as yeah. well who they've got to care for whilst, do, whilst, whilst doing all this. is so, so sad. Um, yeah, so majority of their venture into the snow it was knee deep in snow Mm -hmm. and uh i think that was really sort of for me sort of like when you hear that you're shin deep in snow every step that it's just so exhausting to to even think that you're going for like a long walk Mm -hmm. um uh i I do want to cut a very long story short again so uh they they venture out they cannot find any road or any sense of anyone being present or any anyone being alive in the area. They can't see towns. They can't. They've got literally no idea where they are, at all. Um, and they realise that uh, it's actually gotten to the point where they where they need to go back to the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, they will perish in in, yeah. in the in the snow in the dark. And um, they find this cave. The the husband, uh, uh, he he basically says to them, look, says to the wife, you're gonna have to wait here with the baby, and I'm imagine I'm... imagine that like she she got no communication with anyone, yeah, 
She just sat there. And, and again, no food, but they were eating snow. Eating snow. Which I guess is, uh, water is, in, you know. It's eat, more than what the other well, people Yeah, had. it's more than episode one people. Um, so, yeah, uh, he vent- he says, you know, goodbye and then ventures out. And uh, he comes across someone, the only person living in, yeah. he's so lucky in a way because he was driving. Well, he again thought uh, he was imagining something. Yeah, he, yeah, again, yeah, we would do in that sort of state. And um, I, I, I'm not going to be ashamed to admit it, but I did, I, I welled up um, at the end because he didn't just save his own life. He, he saved his, yeah. his wife's and his baby's life. And um, they, they actually had to have their toes amputated because yeah. both yeah. of their feet went completely black, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you think, though, it is a small sacrifice to, is, and, to be mean, alive and keep your... Well, the, the, little, the little boy was, 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 well, is healthy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But, I mean, it could have been so much different because when they were, when they were on their hike or trying to, trying to find somewhere to go, it had to have been like this little like pouch or something. And yeah. I find it very weird that they did the zip all the way up. Yeah, I, I feel like they were just trying to keep him as warm as possible. Yeah, but... I mean, to put this into context, because I might not have told the story as well, but um, this was nine days, mm-hmm. nine days being stranded nine days of basically no food and just eating snow and trying to keep I mean the the, the really sort of heart aching moment was when they said they every time they stopped the baby would cry yeah and then one time when they stopped and the baby didn't cry mm. they that, just that's like that's that's like when it got me because I thought yeah. like they're a young family they've got a newborn baby they're stranded and potentially they might not have their baby anymore, and that that yeah. that kind of like really hit me. Yeah, and and even the mother said the 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 actual you actually see see the real mother in the program. She says that if the baby was not alive, she would have just given up there. Yeah. And then you just feel like wow, yeah, it's 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 so strong. But overall, I know I know it's like quite a sad story, but I don't see it like that. I see it as such a positive because in episode two particularly, mm. everyone survived. Everyone made it through, and they probably learned a really important life lesson um, in you know realizing that things can happen bad really quickly, and actually not to be naive. Listen to what the media is saying in terms of like trying to keep safe. Yeah. And I feel like we could take that message into our situation now with with COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. there's certain things which don't get me wrong. I think it's a, a nonsense. But, you know, it, it, it does really get to me when you see these, these morons walking around with no mask on yeah, in places nice. where they should be wearing a mask. That's, that's, my, only, that's my only thing no, I'm no, going to say. No, I agree. And, that's and my I, only and thing I think, I'm going to say. I'm not saying wear well. a mask everywhere you go, wear no, a mask no. in your car. I'm not saying that. But if you are told and you, can, and, you're, and you know that you're in a public area around people, wear a mask. Like, actually mm-hmm. treat not just your own life with respect, but others. And I think I think as well, like with with both stories, you've got to think the people. Obviously, one was a family, but the two people in episode one that were closest survived because they relied on each other and helped each other. And obviously, with the family, I mean, it is it's a touching story because they're gonna do all they can because effectively they're helping someone who's defenseless because the baby can't do anything. And the fact that they all came out okay, yes, they had to get their toes amputated, but even they said like. It's totally worth it. Small price, yeah. Isn't it? Small price to pay. 
I had a question, surprise question for you. I wasn't going to tell you about it. Have you ever had anything like that in your life, like a near-death experience or a near a near something bad happening to you experience? I mean, it's it's going to sound really silly in comparison to this. Yeah. yeah. But I um when I was younger, went on um went on uh like a weekend away or like a like three four day trip to Cornwall. Didn't actually happen to me. It happened to a friend. He was like the waves. They went down to the to the beach, and the waves were crazy. And he thought it was a bit. Well, we thought we were, you know, lads, and we didn't want to get surfboards, so we got them like boogie boards. Yeah. And he got one and went very far out. Bearing in mind, it's just us two. So, if something happens to one of us, the other one is stranded. There, you know, there, there's no one around. Yeah. They can't call their mum or dad because we were like seventeen, seventeen at the time. And he went really far out. We had to get the lifeguards. The lifeguards struggled to get him. And I just thought in that sense, like, okay, it didn't happen to me personally. But I think that you really need to value the people that are closest to you and do all you can to, first of all, show them that, that you value them and, and respect them, but do show them that you would do anything for them as well. Like, I, I know, I'd say I have a select group of friends, yourself included, that if they're in, <laughs> if they're in like a dire situation, like I'd do anything to help you. Um, so yeah, you know, I think I haven't personally been in that situation. How about you? Have you been in anything like that? It's it's really strange that you mention um, the, the sea because I had a similar story. I was very young, but it was sort of like really sort of traumatic because I remembered it for such a long time. But basically, we were on a family holiday. I was maybe six years old, and my oh, sister really would have been about three. And uh, I loved sort of messing about in the waves with like my boat or my rubber ring mm-hmm. at that age. Like, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And um, what happened is that I, I just so stupidly as a kid, it's not really stupid, but it's, it's again naive. I am purposefully swimming the opposite direction. So not towards okay. the beach, towards the ocean, yeah. right? And I'm swimming, and I'm swimming, and I'm swimming. Do you, do you think you knew what you were doing? No, I, I did. I, I, no, I wouldn't say that. I just, I wouldn't say I had no idea. I, I would say I had no idea what I was doing. To be honest with you, I was just messing about as a kid, mm. and um, I had my, um, I had like a, a donut. You, you know them? Yeah, like the rubber donut. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I was, I was using that, and I was paddling along, paddling along, and. Uh, I sort of realised that uh, when I turned around, after a quite a while paddling, quite a while, like maybe 20 minutes, like just, you know what I mean? Like, I guess I was just an autopilot. I turned around <laughs> and um, I sort of like realised that um, my uh, parents are sort of like saying, come back, yeah. come back. And I thought okay well yeah I am quite far out to be fair like even at, even at that age I was like yeah. shit I actually am quite far away like this is a bit stupid yeah um and uh, I'm I'm now sort of like paddling and paddling and paddling and really I even at that age comes to the realization I can't move forward I can't move in that direction because I didn't think it at the time but, but looking back it's because I was in a stream yeah so the stream's pushing out in the ocean so essentially I'm not going the way I want to go. I'm literally just standing still. So I got so exhausted, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm going to get rid of my ring. So I got rid of my Dish ring. It. Yeah. 
now obviously this is where like the the issue came in is that I'm I'm now trying to swim and swim and swim mm -hmm. and I'm now getting really tired I'm now thinking oh like I, I can't I can't do yeah. anything so I started slowing my pace down because I was I, I, I panicked and then I started accidentally swallowing water oh, that's the worst and um, I feel like, like you're really, getting quite emotional about it well no it's, it's just quite traumatic thing like thinking about it when it happened but um, anyway uh, I was lucky enough I felt I felt like I was really lucky because the lifeguard got me but I remember seeing a lifeguard for such a long time coming towards me. I'm thinking, like, how long is this going to take for you yeah. to get here? Like, and um, I really felt like I was in a completely different world. Even though I can see you, I can see you in the distance. Mm. I've got no no chance. You've got no control of what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Yeah. So, um, you know, experiences like that, even at a young age, really do. When you when when I look back at them now, I do really appreciate you know life and, and even that situation I wasn't harmed mm. but it, it really gave me some great gratitude in, in, in well, you, certain you, things you've got to put it into perspective obviously you know very happy that you're here thank you and uh, <laughs> nothing happened okay. but you know it could have yeah so yeah and the fact that you were so young like were, were you a strong swimmer or uh, not uh, I did like swimming, but I I, I, feel, I feel like obviously when you when you were a kid and you got that donut, it's a completely different thing to swimming. Yeah. And um, especially when you're like, oh, actually, I need to get from A to B now, and, and I couldn't do that. Yeah, it was very scare, scary. Well, that's the thing, you know. You, like, I'd say obviously, that's that's probably that's something that will stick with you for a long time, maybe forever. Yeah. And you know. When you're in the water, or when you have kids and they're in the water, you're going to be extra careful yeah, because yeah. because of that situation. Yeah, I guess. But um, yeah, check out um, that program on Amazon Prime. It's called "I Shouldn't Be Alive." We've only watched, honestly, we have only there's watched only, the first two episodes. Yeah, and I mean, if if um, there's any, if you do watch it, and there's any any particular episodes that you want us to chat about, then you know, I'll I'll be more than happy to because it yeah, is. Yeah. It, it sounds quite weird to say it's enjoyable but you kind of really like get really invested as if like you're like come on you can it do is, it it is in a way a celebration of life though it is yeah. in, in a way when I when I finished watching episode 2 I did I did feel very sort of it was a feel good thing because Definitely. it was it was a, it was actually a successful story episode 1 is a bit maybe darker because of because of people did actually die yeah but um, yeah um, I think we're going to wrap that up yeah no it's been a good episode mate Thank you for watching, guys. Please leave a like, share. Please, for God's sake, comment. Leave, leave, we want to know that you're there. We want so. to hear from you. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, you've made it this far. Yeah, exactly. You just, can do it. Just say, just even leave a comment saying, I'm still here. Yes. And that's all we want. Okay. Sam, um, I've been Jack. Uh, well, I still am Sam, but... And I'm going to say, be lucky. And we'll see you when you're older. <laughs> wow.